Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world from border to border, coast to coast. And to all the ships at sea, I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate. And thank you for tuning in to the Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut through the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology. My guest today is uh, none other than Joe Kingland, managing partner and CEO of Blue Team Alpha, a cybersecurity company. Joe is a veteran of the U.S. Navy submarine force and was the chief security officer and chief privacy officer for a multi-brand organization with more than 4,000 locations in 30 countries. Blue Team Alpha is involved in cyber security across multiple domains, but today, of course, we're going to focus on their work in safeguarding healthcare data. Joe, good afternoon, and thanks for joining the Take Chronicles. Yeah, good afternoon, and thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to kind of cut to the chase here, Joe. With your decades of frontline experience, you've seen the evolution of cyber risk over time related to healthcare data. Where do you put the threat level compared to 10 years ago? Oh, the threat level uh, today is is much higher uh, than it was 10 years ago. Calls that the threat actors are using today have, uh, have really just exponentially uh, increased the cyber risk to to healthcare organizations, and and that coupled with just the the pure any kind of safety rails uh, and and remove those so they they don't have any any issues going after is that high. All they need is some sophisticated tools and access to the um, internet, right? So uh, just the way that the that the cyber criminal market is is uh, put together at this point really allows them to to get in at at whatever level they would like to you know um when we talk about cybersecurity in healthcare joe um i guess there's a couple sides that we're talking to here uh there's certainly a need uh for protection from supposed bad actors but there's also a need for uh good processes such as strong passwords and secure backups and, and things like that. So it's a multi-pronged aspect of cybersecurity for healthcare. Organizations will will lean very, very heavily on things, work on, you know, work on prevention, but also at the same time start getting ready for when uh, when you have have an issue. And then have absolutely no plan when when mm-hmm. when the attackers get through. There are no silver bullets here. Um, if there w- if there were silver bullets, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and you also can't just focus on what happens to do or what happens when um, you know when an attacker gets through or or how you handle an incident, because if if you don't, if you just focus on that, that's all. That's all you're going to do is just actually operate your incident response plan. So you really, really, really need to take a balanced approach uh, to your cybersecurity maturity model and your cybersecurity program. So, so you're uh, talking there, Joe. Uh, you know about two aspects of coverage there. I guess uh, as you mentioned, one is uh, doing everything you can to prevent an attack, and we'll get into the details of that. But um, also um, to have the 
workflows and knowledge and uh, aspects similar to that, that when an attack, uh, if it is successful, occurs, um, how do you keep your uh, process going forward, your business process? Uh, you know, conversation about if an attack happens and it gets through and it's successful, here are everybody's jobs during during those times. Um, if if these things are never talked about or practiced, or even say, you know, backups are not um, are not tested and tried to recover, be recovered from, or even had a, a backup architecture review. Uh, you know, these are some things that you can do on the on the preparation side that looking at how those backups, how those backups are architected and and look at it from uh, an attacker's point of view. Uh, can the attacker get to those backups? Can they delete them, manipulate them, um, corrupt them, do other things to those backups? Um, you know, maybe with shared credentials or things like that. So there are, there are just some scenarios that, uh, that need to be talked and walked through that, um, you know, that to really understand how a company, how your organization is going to respond when these things happen. Let's talk about some potential what ifs. Um, and, and I guess one of the questions I have, Joe, is, uh, certainly a banking system. The threat to a banking system may be somebody may attempt to get access to to currency, to money, to electronic transfers, things like that. But in the case of healthcare systems, is it predominantly ransomware we hear about, or is there any actual value in the data that may be taken? Yeah, there there is value in the in the data. And you're right, but a lot of a lot of what you hear about is is ransomware. And in, in fact, Blue Team Alpha's very first uh, incident was a hospital that suffered a ransomware attack. Um, you know, but on the data exfiltration side, where they're going and they're looking for sensitive data, they're looking for um, you know uh, patient records or or any kind of information that they can get that they think is valuable to the organization they're going to they're going to at, at a minimum claim that they stole it they may or may not have actually stolen it or they may take parts of it but they're absolutely going to be looking for that kind of information they're um they're also going to be looking for your insurance plans by the way so that they mm. can see how much uh, ransom they can they can try to um mm. try to get out of the insurance company um but but they're going to take that and they're going to try to monetize it. The the patient records themselves don't uh, really equate much into into money on an individual basis. They're they're really using it to extort uh, the the healthcare organization into paying uh, for deletion um, or you know otherwise trying to keep you know keep keep it quiet right and uh, intimidate organizations into paying uh, a ransom or a higher ransom than maybe they would otherwise yeah uh something that you mentioned um i really haven't thought too much about joe and that's the issue of healthcare uh entities um insurance um against uh, the effects of a uh cyber attack is that is that pretty pretty standard I mean, they have five or ten million dollars of coverage, or or what have you seen out there? 
Yes, yes. Typically, the healthcare organizations will have uh, cyber insurance uh, policies. Uh, some have a few. Um, you know, they'll they'll try to build kind of a, a an insurance tower to protect against these things. Um, so that that is that is very 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 common. You know, it's it's interesting. Only about thirty percent of organizations in the United States actually have cyber insurance. Um, but it's, I think it's much higher than that in the healthcare industry. That is the pull the rip cord, um, you know, emergency last kind of last stand that, that you make is when you pull that, pull that cord. Um, before that happens, you should absolutely have, um, an instant response company on retainer. Hopefully you've got, uh, a, a, a breach coach that's also on retainer um, to, to kind of guide you and help you through those things. Um, because if you have people on retainer beforehand, your response will be far, far faster than if you're um, going to try to run through the, the insurance pipeline and, and go that or go that route. Yeah, Plus you'll know who you're exactly. Um, Blue team alpha. Um, in in certainly uh, in the healthcare space, who are what what type of customers do you have, and what services do you provide to them? Yeah, so we have um, every anywhere from of these ransomware groups. They they know they can get a lot of leverage if they're if they have a successful attack. Um, people need things back up and running very quickly, uh, and they're and they are uh, successful at, at gaining payment from them. So segmentation going on, if there's proper firewalling between the different device types, um, and so that if if there is a problem, that it is uh, somewhat contained to that area. Because as it, as it really can be, and the interconnectivity is uh, allowing for everything to function, and at the same time, uh, really making it a headache for anyone that would be trying to attack. Uh, if you know if they're trying to conduct multiple and multiple attacks to try to get to the core of a healthcare system, that threat actor is probably going to lose interest. Um, so, looking at those types of things, we do uh, tabletop exercises for healthcare organizations. Walk them through what, like I said, our, our very our very first uh, incident to response side that we can draw on that experience and walk a company through what that looks like and uh, discuss people's roles, look at their incident response plans and those kinds of things. Um, yeah, of course, of course, the standard stuff, penetration testing, um, you mm -hmm. know, uh, physical security testing, all of those types of things as well. Um, but, but really in the, in the realm and, and world of, of incident response and, and uh, healthcare organizations, that's, that's, really where we shine you know there you mentioned uh, uh incident response and i guess that is receives an email that has a link in it and they click on that link and it's as simple as that giving somebody access uh to their user account do you, do you see you know relatively unsuccess in these unsophisticated attacks as well as you know ones that may come from uh really knowledgeable attackers Yes, and and phishing, you know, the phishing attacks now are emails with mm -hmm. with uh, poor grammar and 
<laughs> and yeah. uh, and misusing of words. I think those days are are gone. If not, they're if not gone, they're very numbered due to the use of due to the use of uh, things like like uh, Chat GPT. And and there are other tools that are made specifically for drafting uh, phishing emails now that that have. Right. <laughs> uh, to our audience, if you just joined this episode. I'm Jim Tate of the Tate Chronicles, and I'm speaking with Joe Kingland of Blue Team Alpha, and the topic is healthcare cybersecurity. Something else you mentioned, Joe, a few minutes ago is um, uh, security related to devices. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Why is there a, a risk uh, related to devices? So much on what the device can do, right? And the and the cutting edge technology of these devices. Uh, really are bringing to uh, to the medical practice, and that's and that's fantastic. One area, and this happens not just in medical devices, but in uh, across the board in technology. But one area that is often overlooked is really the misuse of the device, the security of the device, um, and. This is again. This is a this is an industry wide problem in in technology. Mm -hmm. um, these devices can have vulnerabilities. They can be very um, they can be very very bad vulnerabilities. And if a device if a device type is exploited, uh, it can that are segmented from other types of medical devices. You don't you know you wouldn't you wouldn't say one an, an office worker or a nurse's stations uh device being on the same network as some of the medical devices that that maybe could be then manipulated uh to no longer function and and you know they stop monitoring uh you know actual actual people <laughs> and their, and doing their and doing their their medical job so really making sure that that having that segmentation having having those things not talking to one another except for in the cases where they need to to function um is really really key and just doing some really critical in these in these cases joe in um in relation to that um um i've uh, heard about some uh hacking processes uh where a device uh, um, obtained from a third party uh, may uh, have its own internal software uh, and that from time to time it's necessary for a new version uh, of, of that device's software to be upgraded. Um, and a hack can, can occur into that third party's uh, software. And then when the upgrade takes place, it really carries that threat directly into the system it's, yes uh, yeah. yes and and there are you know the examples of that shipping equipment all over the world mm -hmm. and they and they're able to manipulate uh the software on those on those devices or or the software that's getting installed on m lots of different devices in lots of different places because they're going to get access to uh, they have the potential to get access to a lot of different networks all over the world, and then they can sell that access. Joe, so, I, hope, I hope we're not giving any uh, ideas out there to anybody. Uh, yeah, well, this, you're definitely not. This has happened uh, plenty, yeah. plenty in the past. It's nothing 
Sure. Nothing uh, overly, overly new. Right. You know, that's that's what happened with solar winds, right? When we talk, when you hear about the solar winds breach, that's that's right. what happened to them. They they um, they unfortunately their source code uh, was manipulated at at solar winds. So as the source code, as these updates were rolling out to uh, to all of these people that had uh, had the software, that's uh, that gave uh access then to to the threat actors and and you know across all of sure. these different sure. completely otherwise otherwise completely dissimilar and disparate uh computer networks well yeah that's scary um over over the last decade or so um more and more healthcare data is, is stored in the cloud uh does that create a softer target or does it matter whether it's local servers or or cloud-based data uh, is there any uh, any thoughts you have about that in terms of um, you know how hard the target is? Well, I would say that it it does centralizing centralizing records inside of one place, whether it's you know your your computers or someone else's computer, which is what the cloud is, can create both challenges and also uh, you know one really big juicy target so a mm-hmm. couple of things a lot of places even though they centralize their records inside of maybe a cloud-based dmr a lot i i find that a lot of healthcare organizations still have local copies copied in uh you know got via email got via some other um secure messaging system and and just put on the put on the workstations or in some kind of a file share you know that's that data is still very very vulnerable uh and then to the second point when when you create a a cloud-based emr system to to an attacker that's just really really juicy um they'll take a long time to try to get into that because the payday on the back end of it is going to be pretty significant um that's that all said upgrades it it removes some of the administrative burden from the local technology teams which are usually also the the communications generally speaking those communications are are over uh, encrypted protocols um and and by this time by this time everybody should be off of the old encryption protocols that that are no longer secure joe it's uh, hard to believe but our all the sand has almost totally run through our hourglass today and we've just touched on really some of the high points but um, how can our listeners find more about the services and products offered about blue team alpha yeah absolutely you can uh, come and visit us at uh, blueteamalpha.com and you'll see all of our all of our services listed right there. Well, to our audience, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Take Chronicles. And I certainly offer a special salute to my guest today, Joe Kingland of Blue Team Alpha. Joe, thanks for coming aboard today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You can find more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. Until we meet again, here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tape Chronicles transmission ending now.